Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. Every single day I come in here, I think about winning. You know, I don't do this year round to come in and not make the playoffs. I'm sick of that shit and uh, I want to keep winning. You're listening to the State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am Jimmy Durkin, joined, as always, by Vic Tafer, Deshaun Reed, and Ted Wynn. Ready to get you set for Week 3. Raiders will be taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday Night Football. Coming off a trip to Buffalo that uh, wasn't pretty. Uh, the first drive looked nice um, for the second straight week. They, uh, they, they've they got that opening script down, uh, and then it was it was all downhill after that. They lose by 28 in Buffalo. Um, the Bills coming off the, their season opening loss. Uh, they look pretty much like the Bills, what we expected. Um, and the Raiders, that, that defense um, was not the uh, the turnover ball-hawking defense that uh, you guys saw in training camp. Yeah, man, they had me fooled. They started with the touchdown, but then they got a three and out, too. I'm like, oh, man, this is... Raiders might be cooking with, with gas, and then it just just blew up in their face. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a rough day for the defense. Um, they didn't necessarily play well against the Broncos, I don't think. It was just kind of a weird game um, with, like, not that many positions. The Broncos are not good. Yeah, the Broncos yeah, are not Broncos good. not that good. Yeah, I mean, the, the defensive line really couldn't do much against the, 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 the pass or the run. I know we focus on the pass rush a lot, but, I mean, the Bills – who aren't really known for like running down people's throats, you know, pretty much had their way. And then that, you know, took control of the game in the second half there. Secondary, um, like, like they were okay in moments, but I think it's tough on them when there's just really no pass rush coming. And so against a, a quarterback like Josh Allen and the offense is explosive at the Bills, it, it just got, got out of hand pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, they spent a week in uh, West Virginia, kind of did some team bonding, and you thought for a second there that it might have been the magic touch, but uh, the Bills are a lot better. Uh, it was pretty obvious on both sides of the ball, I think. Um, I thought the Raiders would be able to run the ball. Uh, they were not not even close, and so therefore they had no shot. So, And then you watch the, the tape afterwards. I think Jimmy missed some throws. I think he said that afterwards he made some mental and physical mistakes. That kind of uh, didn't allow them to get back in the game when they had a chance to. So I think there's a lot of uh, things to learn from. I'm being positive now. Like, yeah, it's, it's early in the season. It's a, it's a new team. So um, this week will be a good test. They're playing a team. The Steelers are at home, home opener. Steelers are not good offensively. So the defense, hell, has no excuse this week not to play better and make some plays. Otherwise, it could be a long season. Going back and re- reviewing a game, you know, start off defensively. Like you guys said, I, I thought the secondary played better than average i mean they they weren't the problem there's a lot of plays where they had really tight coverage but they just couldn't hold up against um uh, josh allen with no pass rush i mean there there was a bunch of times where allen just made plays that sometimes he's got to tip the hat to him i mean you know he was able to break 
break away from free rushers and find uh, passing lanes that uh, very few quarterbacks can hit. That's some interesting things I thought from the secondary was um, they were having Chakorian Bennett follow Stefan Diggs around in certain situations, which kind of tells you what they think about Bennett. They think of him as a number one corner. If you're having him follow uh, a, a guy like Diggs around. So that's a good sign. Uh, and, and there, there, you know, he had a couple of uh, really nice plays against Diggs too, but it's Stefan Diggs. And anytime you're one-on-one with a guy like that, there's times where he's going to win, but I thought it was a, a good game overall for Bennett and a good learning experience for him. Um, I thought Trayvon Morig played pretty well. He had two goal line knockdowns um, against uh, first round pick Dalton Kincaid. So that was good to see. I thought they were trying to blitz Josh Allen and the blitzes were getting home. They were getting free rushers, but they just couldn't bring down Josh Allen. So it, it, it was a tough situation uh, defensively, defensively and offensively. You guys covered it. I mean, there, there was throws that J- Jimmy Garoppolo missed and he was trying to throw the ball deep, but that's just not his strength. I mean, you know, he he tried to throw a goal line fade to uh, Devontae Adams when it, the ball should have been over his shoulder he just missed him on another one, and man, that that last one to Devonte Adams. I, I I know that Adams is not blaming Jimmy Garoppolo for that pass, but I mean to throw the ball with that much air in the middle of the field with three defenders surrounding Adams, bad things are going to happen. You, you can't do that. And anybody who's watched Jimmy Garoppolo knows that he does this a lot. You know, it was a problem with the Niners, and it happened here in this game. So it's a tough situation. You can't do that to your your wide receivers. And another note, one more note I had was Rotten. The right guard is just terrible. I mean, he gets tossed around. Yeah. So I I don't know what they're gonna do. I, I don't. I mean, I felt like Alex Bars wasn't great last year, but he was better. But Rotten, I mean, he he might be a bottom three guard in the league. First off, it's Van Rotten, not just Rotten. I don't know what you think. Oh. I know. I know you think I know you think he's rotten, but he's very <laughs> my rotten. note was rotten looks rotten. And you're, I, I'm not sure if he's worse than Alex Bars. Have they lowered the bar? All right. I mean, I definitely Ben Rotten didn't have a good game, so uh, we'll see how he does. But I thought he was an upgrade over Bars. Not not this week, obviously, but yeah. I mean, obviously the offensive line didn't do a great job run blocking. That's a problem. I mean, I mean the the offensive line they looked like they regressed from last season. I, I don't know. I mean, the Bills' defensive ta- they have good defensive tackles, but it's not like these guys are all pros. You know, they're better than average. They're plus starters, but they're not like star defensive tackles. It didn't even look like they were getting off the ball. Like it looked like they were just stepping in place. And um, the interior was terrible. I mean, it, it another situation is that Josh Jacobs saw a ton of open field coverage, two deep safety coverages with light boxes last year and you know 45% of his his uh yards came against light boxes two deep safety defenses and that was because um offenses I mean, defenses were respecting Devontae Adams ability to win deep and Carr's willingness to throw the deep ball but they just don't respect Jimmy Garoppolo's ability to throw the deep ball because the the Bills are typically a two high defense but the majority of the game they're in one high they were just like Garoppolo, if you can beat us, you can beat us. The Raiders are going to see those type of defenses all year. So they're not going to see those light boxes anymore. So far this season, Josh Jacobs only has five rushes against two deep uh, coverages. So that's that's going to be a problem all year. You just look at the Jordan Poyer quote from after the game that we knew we had to stop the run. That was our biggest emphasis throughout the week. We knew that if we could get them into a passing type situation game, we would feast. Kind of tells you all that all you need to know about how they thought about Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the ball. So we're saying the Jimmy Garoppolo honeymoon is over already. It's only been two weeks and the bliss is, is gone. 
I don't know. Like I, I, I feel like we've thoroughly critiqued this this offseason. <laughs> like, I don't know when we were like full steam ahead with you know this change that they made at quarterback, but like this is the result of it. I mean, you know, he's he's just not known as a deep ball thrower. And like Ted said, I mean, teams don't feel like they have to respect it as much. And and it's only two weeks, but through two weeks, that's that's proven to be true. I mean, you know, Josh Jacobs last year. You know, I think a lot of it, you know, while the, while the run blocking was better than it's been so far, a lot of it was just him creating something out of nothing, making multiple guys miss in the backfield, breaking a bunch of tackles. And that's a little bit easier to do when, you know, it's too high and there aren't as many people in the box. But if there's a bunch of people in the box and your run blocking isn't good, like, what is he supposed to do? You know, he kind of famously said it and that and then they made the playoffs that year, that 2021 year. He's like, you know, he doesn't know what the hell he's supposed to supposed to do when it, when there's nowhere to run. And so it kind of puts him in a, in a tough bind where he has to be be Superman just to not get negative rushing yardage, apparently. And um, that just adds even more pressure on Garoppolo's shoulders. And so it's a, it's a tricky spot for the offense, you know, unless the offensive line, you know, really steps it up or, or Garoppolo suddenly becomes a deep ball thrower. It might be kind of kind of tricky when it comes to getting that run game going. Well, at least Garoppolo is trying to throw deep. He didn't do that at all against the Niners. At least he's trying to take those shots and maybe he finds some timing with the back shoulder balls. But he's not going to hit those really deep ones. I mean, Trey Tucker got pretty open for for a, a touchdown, but he he underthrew him. But some positives: Trey Tucker, I thought looked pretty good as a as a route runner, and you can see his speed kind of just jump off the film. I mean, he you know he he's going to be able to create separation. One more positive is uh, the Raiders are the third lowest team as far as three and out rate in the league. So uh, there's that. Uh, <laughs> so. They haven't allowed a sack yet, right? No sacks. Yeah, yeah, haven't allowed a sack. So that you know, they're they're doing a few things well. I think this Bills defense is pretty good, but there there'll be games where the the offense shows up and they're able to move the ball. It's just you know, there there there's a limited ceiling. I think we're looking at a team that's just week to week. We're not really going to know what to expect. I mean, again, you, you we said it earlier. The Broncos win. I mean, that's hey, you go on the road and win in week one. A win's a win in the NFL. You you take that. You're happy with it. Um, but I, you know, I don't think any of us think too highly about the Broncos. Um, and you know, now you get the the Steelers, who are a team that um, through two weeks, I mean, it took them in the opener, it took them until their fifth possession to get a first down, and then uh, on Monday night, it took them until their fourth possession to get a first down. I mean, they uh, there was a lot of Kenny Pickett hype in the uh, the preseason that uh, that Vic was not buying, and uh, I, I think Vic, your, your picks this year have been trash, but uh, at least you you were right on uh, on Kenny Pickett. I'm not always wrong. I thought for a motto. I'm not always wrong. Ten <laughs> percent of the time, I get it. <laughs> Vic knows how to pick trend, you know, like uh, super wide receivers, yeah. and yeah. he knows how to spot the the crappy quarterbacks. Other than that, I got nothing for you. The Steelers. I mean, they have the worst offense in the league right now. I mean, it's it's not particularly close. I think they're averaging in terms of like points scored on offense. They have a couple of defensive touchdowns. I think it's nine and a half points per game right now, which is pretty miserable. Um, obviously, they they played a couple of pretty good defenses, and so we'll see if this this you know Raiders defense that hasn't been too good so far is able to have some some more success this week. If not. Pretty miserable sign for them for their chances of, of turning it around the season. Um, but something that's, that's been interesting, and you know, we've kind of always just penciled in the Steelers as having a good defense. Like their rush defense has been like awful. Like they're thirty second in total yards allowed and yards per carry allowed. And so, you know, we just got done talking about the the Raiders not being able to find much of a run game. I mean, they can't do it this week. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I mean, the, the Steelers are like like by far the worst team in the league against the run right right now. So this this seems like a get white right week for the the Raiders in a sense, you know, at home Sunday night football against a team that can't score any points and can't stop the run. Like that should be right up their alley to, to go get a win this week. 
it's hard to read too much into the yards per carry this early in the season. I mean, I don't think they're very good anyway, but I mean, like Christian McCaffrey, I think he had a 65 yard touchdown run in the opener against them. And that's just, I mean, McCaffrey has been probably one of the five best offensive players in the league so far. Nick Chubb, you know, destroyed his leg and then some guy I've never heard of went for 100 yards in like two and a half quarters so I mean you never heard know. of Jerome Ford come on man put some I mean, respect yeah. on Jerome Ford's I mean, man, man I mean yeah 102 quarters man I'm just saying missing Cam Hayward hurts that defensive line for sure and um, I'm sure they're missing Robert Spillane as well you know that, that really Jesus hurts their run defense look at that smile oh, look at <laughs> what a, that, was, that was low man I was, that was even for you that was low man the statistics on the Steelers look pretty terrible. I mean, there, there's a there's a funny chart. It's a, the x-axis is a rush EPA per play, and then the y-axis is uh, pass EPA per play. And then, you know, you have all these teams in the middle of the chart and elite teams to the top right. And then all the way in the bottom left are the Steelers and uh, Matt Canada's offense. Like, they are by far the worst offense. But they also play the Niners and they play the Browns, two defenses that are probably going to end up in the, in the top five by – um, the end of it. And they also played two pretty good rushing tacks against the Niners and the Browns. So some of these numbers, pro- you know, they're probably not as bad as it looks right now because they played two elite teams in those two areas we talked about. But I mean, we'll, we'll see against the Raiders. I mean, if the Raiders could take advantage of their inability to defend a run and stop their offense, then we'll know who they really are. But, you know, I, I think the numbers are a little skewed right now. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think one thing the Raiders need to do offensively, you know, in the passing game is they've, they've got to try to mix it up with with their targets. I mean, we saw in the opener, it was basically Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers w- was pretty much all, you know, and then to Josh Jacobs out of the backfield. I mean, and that's what it was on Sunday, eight targets to Adams, six to Jacobs. And then, you know, Amir Abdullah with three. So like nine targets to uh to your running backs. Yeah, Austin Hooper had two had two catches. Uh, Michael Mayer did get his first NFL catch. He's got one catch for two yards through uh through two NFL games. Um, you know, and then you know some garb. You know, finally Hunter Renfro got his first target of the season in garbage time. Um, they're not mixing it up and they're not you know they're not developing other threats. And if you know that he's not that Garoppolo is not going to be able to to hurt you deep, and you know that he's more often than not either going to throw it to Devontae Adams or Josh Jacobs, uh, it's it's just really hard to develop something offensively if, if people aren't respecting your other weapons. Or you can just throw the Jacobs like 25 times and then see how that goes. You have Jacobs on your fantasy team, don't you? No, I'm just saying. Obviously, that, that's that's the one thing that's working for this offense, and uh, I think that it's going to be there based on the way defenses are playing. So, I mean, instead of giving them all the carries, give them, give them the catches. Is Jacoby Meyer still in concussion protocol? Practice limited yesterday, so he's still it was listed concussion, so he's technically still in protocol. Like he hasn't been fully cleared to to be at, at full contact or not contact in practice, but full, full goal for the game. But it seems like he's like taking steps towards trending towards being able to play on Sunday. I wonder how much of it it comes down to, to trust level, maybe, but between Garoppolo and receivers, like. Um, I noticed this is his first year there, here, so it's not like he's like been with these guys for years, but it seems like he has really strong chemistry with Adams and Myers and everybody else. It's kind of just, you know, because, you know, some some of it is guys just getting open, but, you know, even McDaniels, you know, said that, that there were some plays where Renfro was open and, and he just got missed. Or I remember one one pass where DeAndre Carter, you know, seemed to be open and then got thrown pretty short of him. Um, and so, you know, it, it seems like a, like a mix of maybe Garoppolo trusting a couple guys over others and, you know, maybe guys just not 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 winning one on ones as as much as they need to. This was the game where, if Hunter Renfro is ever going to establish himself in, in his offense, this was the game to do it. And 
you know, he didn't have his first, was it his first target in the fourth quarter when he you know, got his catch too? Yeah, he didn't get his first target until they were down 28 in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, it's just hard to see how he's going to establish himself in this offense, especially when Jacoby Myers is back and, you know, seeing Trey Tucker, you know, his ability to separate. I think he's going to find a role in this offense eventually too. So it's just hard to see Hunter ever really establishing himself. And if he's not able to establish himself, there are, you know, quite a few teams that, might be able to use him. So, you know, I wonder if uh, he'll be back on the on, on trade block. And yeah, I mean, it, it's just no point in just keeping him, you know, on, on the bench, not doing anything, especially when you had a game where you needed him with an injury and you, you didn't use him. Yeah, I can't imagine he's on this roster after the trade deadline, right? I mean, it would seem like if you're not using him and you're paying him you know, all that money, um, I mean, you, you might as well see what you can get for him. See him in, uh, in New Orleans with his old buddies. Yeah, I mean, you know, they they take a little bit of a a dead money hit if they trade him, but at this point, like, you aren't using them. Hey, when you're non-contending, really you don't really care about yeah. dead cap hits. It's not like they yeah. uh, not yeah. like they need to save money to uh to load up. Yeah, not exactly boosting his value either, but like you know <laughs> the usage of him so far. But like you know, at, at this point, what are we thinking? Day three pick, but I mean, something's better than nothing, I guess. It's weird. He's going to go from a fifth round pick who suddenly became this great value for them, developed in the Pro Bowl, gets, you know, gets an extension to like traded for a sixth or seventh round pick. Um, they got great value out of that pick at one time and then they're just going to waste it. You know, they said he was a big part of the game plan, but for quite a few snaps in his game, he was running routes that were kind of known as runoff routes where he's not really part of the progression. You know, I I don't know how they're teaching these plays, but classically, typically in these type of plays, he's not part of the progression. He's just trying to run off the defense, create space for other receivers. So yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know what he did to wrong the staff, but I, I don't feel like they want to get him the pull. We will talk about the Chandler Jones situation. Some I wouldn't call it resolution, but, you know, development in it. Obviously, on Wednesday, the Raiders placed him on the non-football illness list, which does allow them to get that roster spot back. They can uh, they can fill the roster spot. Uh, and hopefully that it's a sign that, you know, there has kind of been a connection between him and the team and that uh, he, you know, he's, he's working toward getting help for whatever is going on. I mean, we can't speculate on exactly what's what's going on. I mean, we all kind of see the, the nature of the uh, the social media posts that are kind of all over the place. But uh, hopefully, this is a sign that the you know that he's get some help for whatever's going on, and that the the Raiders are going to be able to to try to make things right with him, and uh, and we'll see what happens. But uh, non football illness list, so at least uh, at least there's not kind of that that mystery hanging out there of of him just taking up a roster spot and and not really knowing what's going on. Yeah, I mean, it's, we can't really say too much, say anything, but too much certainty about like why, you know, he was placed on the list. Um, but I think the only thing that's clear is it's something that's bigger than football at this point. Like that, that seems to be pretty apparent. And like for people that don't know the difference between the non-football injury list and the illness list injury, like obviously is a physical injury, where, whereas the illness list can be some sort of other personal reason besides that it could be literally being sick. It could be mental health. It could be a various family tragedy it could be a variety of things and so you know it's kind of this this pretty wide umbrella but but basically it, it frees up the Raiders a roster spot and it works the same way pretty much as injured reserve and so Chandler Jones has to miss at least four games before he's he's eligible um, to come back if he is able to come back at some point this season and so 
basically what it does for the Raiders is give them a roster spot, but still leaves the door open for for Jones to potentially return at, at some point if things are able to get resolved. Yeah, we don't know what, what triggered this. Obviously, we don't know the, the whole cause and effect, and we don't know what he's going through. But clearly, Chandler was not in a good place. Uh, so maybe this helps him get there. Maybe he, he can you know stop with the post, how he wants to play this week, every you know, every week, and all these weird things that he says. And the team, I think, has to move on. And this is the first step in doing that. You know, It's, it's a four-week thing, but can't imagine. I mean, he's back on the roster this year based on what went down, but who knows. But um, So, yeah, I think they got to figure out um, – you know how he can be happier, and and, and same with them. And obviously, they, they got to replace him. And I'm not sure that that guy's on the roster right now. We haven't seen much out of Coons, and and Terry Wilson has not played well. I think it's safe to say so far. So maybe you bring a veteran guy in. Maybe if you are trying to like, I think you owe it to the other guys in the team, the other the star players, to like you know you got to bring somebody in that can kind of maybe help fill that role because uh, they're getting no pass rush. And I'm not saying Chandler Jones was a great player last year, but. He definitely has missed. He definitely would have helped a little bit the last two weeks. So you got to bring somebody in who can, I think, at least um, get some pressure and maybe help set the edge a little bit on the other side for, for Max Crosby. Kyle Van Noy is still out there. He, he knows the system, and he's always pretty effective wherever he goes. So, you know, maybe that's a name uh, to look out for. But, yeah, Tyree Wilson has not looked good. And I think part of it is this is basically his training camp right now. He has no training camp. You know, he – he was doing bag drills when we saw him against the Rams, and now he's ramped up into having to play a significant role for this team. And we always said from the beginning that he's a developmental guy. When he's playing, he's just so tentative. Like, he's just thinking way too much. You know, I know a lot of fans are pretty down on him right now, but um, he's just got so much swimming in his head right now, it's, it's hard for him to play. So this is not a good representation of who Tyree Wilson really is, in my opinion. Yeah, but I almost feel like he needs those reps to work through that, you know, like given how limited his experience has been without having OTAs, without having much of training camp, one preseason game, like he needs reps. I mean, we talked about it, obviously it's different, but like Trey Lance, like, you know, if a guy's raw and, and you know, has a lot of tools, but isn't quite sure how to use them, yet, you know, you, really there's no way to replicate it outside of getting out there and, and getting some time. And I mean, he spent the, the number seven pick on him, man. Like, I mean, <laughs> like this is this should be an opportunity for him. Obviously, when they drafted him, this wasn't the plan. They wanted him to spend a year behind Crosby and Jones, but this should be something where you know, give give him those reps and, and let let him work through it. And the results might be might not be pretty early on, but you would hope that they get better as the season goes on, unless you know it's just a complete mistake has been made. And so, you know, I don't judge him too harshly for for the results so far, just given how long he was out and what type of injury he was coming off of. Like we, we've talked about it, you know, foot injuries, especially for guys of his size, it's always tricky. We all, that was the narrative around him coming into the draft was he's a raw guy. He's going to take time to develop. And I feel like they should just give him, give him room to develop. Number seven picks, guys that are dra- drafted in the top 10. And you expect them to make an impact for you uh, pretty early. And so, yeah, he, he's, he's going to need some time and, and, Nobody's gonna, you know, start panicking or anything yet. But I think you're at the point where, like, all right, start, you know, show show us a couple flashes here or two uh, each game. We need to start seeing some flashes because, I mean, if you a guy that that was drafted that high, I mean, you have high expectations for him. Yeah, I think what's concerning is, and again, it's early. We're not gonna bury the kid by any means, but he had obviously a lot of shape and didn't have training camp and the foot injury are all valid reasons for maybe a slow start. But what's a little concerning, I think, if you're a Raider fan or if you're watching him now is the tra- the traits they're supposed to have, the explosiveness and the power, are not showing up. I mean, they're not, and that, 
and they should show up every now and then. And it seems like he's pretty easily blocked. I mean, which is also one on one on one, which is not a, a great thing for a young, uh, you know, dominant edge rusher, which is supposed to be. If you're a top ten pick, uh, edge rusher, you're supposed to be a dominant guy pretty quick off the snap. And he's also, man, it's also he's also slow off the snap. I and mean, that's the thing that people mentioned in college, and we saw that it wasn't as bad this week as it was last week, but. You can definitely count off like, you know, one, one thousand, two, one thousand by the time he gets off the ball. And that's not good. So, and that could be going to be rust. It could be, you know, trying to get his feet wet, but it's a little uh, concerning that uh, when you watch him these first two games, he's, he's not getting off. He's not getting off of blocks and you don't see the explosiveness. You don't see the power, which is supposed to help him stand out at, at this level. Cause he's, we all know he's got some growing pains, but there were traits he's supposed to have. They're supposed to come on and, and be in play right, right, right away. Yeah, I think his the get off, you know, has been the most apparent thing. Even like a casual fan could see it. Just seems like he's getting off the ball pretty slow, and and the numbers bear that out. I mean, according to ESPN, ESPN's next gen stats, uh, you know, he's of fifty. There's, there's a pass rushers, edge rushers who played at least fifty snaps. You know, he has the the fourth lowest time to get off the line of scrimmage in the entire league, and so it's taken him one point zero one seconds, and the average is zero point eight four seconds. That sounds like a pretty you know, small difference, but like. That shit matters, you know, when it when it comes to getting after the quarterback. Like, they don't hold the ball for that long. And so it's not just something that's eye test. Like, it, it's true. He's getting off the ball really slowly. And, and especially if he's a guy that's raw and doesn't have the most refined pass rush moves, that means it's probably going to take him a little bit longer to win once he's engaged by blockers as well. And so that's just a, a multiplying effect that just makes it hard for him to get back there. You know, no matter how strong you are or, or physically talented you are, you know, just the, the matter of time, how quickly quarterbacks give him, get rid of the ball, he's just not really giving himself – too much of a chance to get home and you know i'm sure that's more of a feel thing that's a technique thing that's that's very coachable and you know you would think it could be improved with better instruction and so this is going to be i think as much as it is on him to keep working hard the coaches to, to be able to figure out how to develop this talent that they pick so highly yeah i mean the raiders clearly believe that his issues are coachable uh, you would think that being able to anticipate the snap is is coachable and then the second problem is his hands so you know he the first two things of uh starting a pass rush he has to kind of rebuild which is pretty tough i mean I, I, as as we're, we're gonna see so i'm gonna give him a few games until i want to start seeing some flashes but i agree it's it's discouraging but i'm still giving him time to to flash a little bit before i'm uh before i'm a little worried I, I get worried about him i mean the obvious elephant in the room here is when you, you you look at at Philadelphia and you see what Jalen Carter's doing, and I mean we know we we just discussed from day one all the reasons I, why he was not a guy that the Raiders could or would take. He through two games has the look of a guy who's probably going to be one of the uh, the more dominant defensive tackles in this league for uh, for the next ten years. And um, I know a lot of Raider fans are sitting there saying, you understand the reasons why you couldn't take him, but he he's probably exactly what this defense needs right now. Yeah, he's a dominant player. I mean, he's definitely he might be defensive rookie of the year. I think he, and it also is in a great place. He landed in a great spot with a lot of veterans or winning culture. He can come in. Uh, it's definitely much different than the culture with the Raiders where uh, they change people every year. There's new faces of defense every year. Uh, the coordinators always, for some reason, seem to struggle here. I, mean, I don't know what the curses of the coordinators with the Raiders and defense, defense is, but uh, there's not really a lot of answers here every year. It's always questions and people wondering, you know, what the hell happened? So I think um, he went to the right spot. So you can't just say if he came here, he'd be doing the same things here he is in Philadelphia. So it's a tough one. But like you said, they had no choice. I don't think they could have taken him. Uh, 
just because of what happened with Ruggs, I just think um, it would have been a bad, a bad look and just, um, just something you really can't do. All right, before we get into predictions here for Sunday, we're going to head to the mailbag. Uh, fired up the old SOTN mail. Got uh, got some good questions here. And we'll start with this one. Uh, this is for Vic and Tashawn. Did Vic and Tashawn get as annoyed as us fans with some of the questions asked by other <laughs> reporters? Our uh, dude secretly employed by the Raiders uh, PR team? We want both positive and critical questions of players and coaches, not fluff. Thank you for being honest. And if you want that one, or, or are we asking Brian to cut this you question? You go first, it's all yours. Ah, you're putting me on the spot? Jeez. I mean, well, of course the answer is yes. I'm not going to name anybody specifically, <laughs> but, like, of course. I mean, it, it can't always be good, you know. But, you know, it kind of goes both ways. Some fans get mad at, mad at us for being overly critical and, and think we're going too hard. So, you know, yeah, I, I think it's important not to be just, like, you know, antagonistic just for the sake of doing so. But when, you know, some shit isn't good. I mean, the team just lost about 30 points. They got negative rushing yards. Like, we got to we gotta ask some some tough questions, guys. And I'm sorry. Yeah, I average, I would say, 4.7 eye rolls and what the Fs every, <laughs> every, every media session. So it's, uh, it is a lot. I understand where fans can kind of think. Um, but hey, it is what it is. That's, that's, the, that's the market. That's a pretty high rate. I mean, how many questions get asked uh, per session? Like 15, 10, 15? Yeah, I'm say 15, 15. <laughs> so that's like about 30%. About 30, yeah. 30%, yeah. Wow. That's like, uh, I mean, I average by 1.2 bites of my tongue where like I might audibly say something. Like, <laughs> So um, it's a the lot. Point, the decibels are killing me. It's a lot, but, um, you know, everyone's got their own style. So uh, God bless them. God bless us. And let's all just uh, persevere and we'll carry on. This is going to be the most popular mailbag question we've ever answered. All right. Uh, we'll go on to this one from uh, from Coach Vic. He wants to know, how many sacks are the Raiders going to get this weekend versus the Steelers? He's thinking five-plus minimum. So I said 50 on the year, right? And they got zero, <laughs> they got zero so far. You started with 60. No, 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 no. I said 50, 50, 50. Come on, guys. Uh, 50. So we got 15 games left. So what is that, four? I need four this week. Yeah, for four. So they're not going to get at least five. They're in. No, I got four. Four is a lot. How about a turnover? That'd be nice. Yeah, I mean, I mean Pickett doesn't really hang on to the ball too long. So it's going to be tough. He, he gets rid of the ball. He can get rid of it to he the Raiders. Get rid of the ball to the other team. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. A quick interception. Yeah, man. Steelers' offense is bad, but it, it's just kind of hard to be optimistic about the Raiders' defense right now. And it's tough on Max because there's going to be a lot of, you know, I mean, obviously teams are going to double him and chip at him. It's going to get worse and worse. So, I mean, you think it would be easier for someone else to make a play, either inside or another other side of the line. So, um, I would say, you know, you need Mac and Koontz had a good preseason, hasn't done much yet in the first two games, but he's got to step up and, all the guys in the interior have to step up. And we talked so much about the D-line at, at camp in the preseason. It's kind of been a bust. I mean, uh, maybe it's time for uh, our guy Nesta to get some snaps, but uh guy has somebody else because, um, like, Bilal Nichols, I, I don't know what he does. Uh, he's out there a lot. So there's a lot of guys who uh, you got to make plays or you got you to gotta move along. I mean, that's the big thing about not having Chandler Jones out there is, I mean, I, I we can all criticize and say what we want about what he did last season and he, he wasn't very productive, but he's got a reputation like other teams. You know, when you hear other other players talk about Chandler Jones, they talk about him with a lot of respect. I mean, he's a guy that that other teams still 
you know, go into and, and kind of know in their game plan that they have to worry about him. They've seen what he's done, what he's done in the past. And so I think what you saw last year is he, maybe he, he wasn't putting up numbers, but teams were, you know, respecting him over on that other side. And, you know, now if it's Tyree Wilson or Malcolm Coons, there, there's just not that same respect level on the other side of the, the, the defense. Yeah, Tyler played well down the stretch last year. Definitely a lot better than he had. So definitely he seemed to be making strides. So, okay, sirrah, sirrah. All right, we're going to go to this question from Stephen Beach. He wants to know, how long is McDaniels and Ziggler's leash? Last year was written Damn, off. Damn, we are two games, two games in? Because McDaniels didn't have his quarterback for his system. Now he does. Ziggler didn't have a full quota of draft picks. This year he did. If this goes the way it's looking, 5-12, and 6-11, and 11, what reason is there to give them both year three? We're not talking about getting rid of him now, but he wants to know about a year three. If if this is the five and twelve season, only way they don't get a year three, I think, is if um, it gets really, really bad and the fans turn on him in home games. If you start seeing boos and signs, then at that point, I think Mark Davis might think he has to do something. But didn't we see that last year? <laughs> you're, you're giving fans the blueprint. No, 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 no. I'm not. No, get, no, no, you're, no. You're no, giving no, away no, the blueprint. No, no, I mean, last no. last season, yeah, guys getting kicked out with signs. Well, yeah, two, two, two guys, right? Two signs. We're gonna we're gonna need more than two signs. <laughs> two signs ain't gonna cut it. All right. Are, are you listening, listeners? No, that's not. That's not. Don't put I'm saying. Vic, Vic is giving you so, the strategy. So this week's a big one. A home opener. They got to win this one. They got to win their home games against teams who have issues, obviously, and they have. There's, there's, We've talked about all the bad things in this team. There's still talent. There's obviously there's some premier players in this Raiders roster, so uh, you got to win some games. So I think um, I think Mark's trying to be patient. I think he's trying to take the long view and mention the draft picks this year. It's early. It's only week three, so let's give these guys more time. But Bennett might be a player. Tyree Wilson. We'll, we'll see what, ha- what happens there. But I mean, he definitely has the upside. So uh, we'll see how these guys develop over the course of the year. And if there are some young foundation places in place before you kind of. Uh, Talk about leashes and, and pulling collars and choking people. What's the expectation for this team? What was the Vegas over under on wins eight? It was oh, it was seven and a half, and it got bet down at six and a half. So close to six and a half. Yeah. So I mean, if they win somewhere around expectation, then you know I I would expect they're back. But if they you know don't win a game for the rest of the year, or maybe win just one or two, maybe the seat gets a little hot. But I, you know I suspect they're going to be back. I mean. Also, I mean, this is going to be a hell of a draft class coming up next year, too, if, uh, you know, if you get some high draft picks. But that's a conversation for later. Yeah, I mean, I think it also depends, like, the nature of – because last year, you know, since they lost 18 one-score games, I mean, you know, you can kind of pitch the the whole idea of, like, not being – Regression doesn't happen from, for the Raiders. It doesn't happen. Yeah, but, like, you know, if you're getting – you know, beat by 30, 40, 25, like down the stretch of the season and you're, you have five or six wins and it gets kind of tough. But yeah, I mean, all things considered, like I, I think it's pretty likely that they, that those two at least get to year three. Will there be some coordinator changes, things of that nature for sure. But I, I think those, those two, two make it to year three. I mean, Vic, as you know, it often only takes a moment, a particular game for uh for Mark Davis to turn. And I mean, you, you saw in terms of Basachia's fate, I think a lot of it was determined by, by how that playoff game went. He, he, there was an ugly taste in his mouth, especially how that, that last series went. Go back to Tony Sperano and the, what was it? The 51 to nothing game. And in, uh, in St. Louis uh, against the old St. Louis Rams, it, it, it's, it's a lot of times it's one. Mo- he is so emotional that he, he's such a fan that he, he does let emotion kind of come into it. So that's, I mean, that's, that's where you, you just kind of, you never really know. he, he, like you've written all off season, he is preaching and, and trying really, really hard to be patient. But um, 
It only takes one kind of bad moment that puts a bad taste in his mouth. And, you know, the other thing that I think about, okay, is, you know, Ted, you talk about the, you know, the, the draft class in 2024. Like, let's say the Raiders are that bad that they end up with the number one, number two pick. I mean, I, I don't know. Do you want to trust this regime to that that pick? Um, that's where you might say, like, all right, if we're going to be starting fresh, having a, a, a new, you know, rookie quarterback, we might want to find that that perfect, you know, quarterback coach pairing that we really like uh, and uh, we'll see what happens but i mean uh it's, it's way too early to be talking about uh whether or not they're going to be in hot water but uh we know how the fans work that's they're always going to be asking about um what those guys fates are yeah you're right mark is very emotional and he's trying not to be i'm sure he's been through you know so many things that happened with this franchise the last decade and even, even beyond that just so many weird things and now you know, one of his players is posting his DMs on social media. So I'm sure Mike's like, what what the hell, man? What, why can't I just have it easy? Why can't I just have, like, a highest Patriots guys to come in and install a winning culture? We win some games. Jimmy G, love that guy. He's Joe Cool. Why can't things be easy? It's always – I mean, he's had, it's a rough start for the Raiders and for Mark. I think um, I he's going to try his best. But you're right. It could, it could you know, snap your fingers and it all could change. But um, – and it'd be definitely, he definitely cares about the fans. So that's why I said the fans will be, um, they have more power than they think as far as uh, this regime goes. All right, guys, it is prediction time. Raiders on Let's Sunday go. night football against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the, the classic, as Vic wrote in his picks, uh, the uh, nationally televised rematch of that dreadful Christmas Eve game that nobody asked for. That game was so bad. And they're like, here it is again. Like, what? Who wants this? I mean, if you want evidence about how unimpressive the uh, the Steelers were on Monday night, before that game, before the, the Steelers' Monday night game, the Raiders were uh, one-and-a-half-point underdogs. And after it, with the Steelers winning, they flipped to two-and-a-half-point favorites uh, by by the time uh, we got to, like, Wednesday. So they uh, they before the Steelers played on Monday night, the Raiders were actually home underdogs, and, and now they are two-and-a-half-point favorites. We believe in the Robert Spillane revenge factor. Robert Spillane's going to have a big, big game. What did Robert do to y'all, man? I like Robert. We've been hyping him up this whole time. Yeah, I like like Robert. Pick six. Pick six, Robert Spillane. There you go. We're calling it. All right, Vic, what are you you leading us off with, man? I got the Raiders winning. I think uh, it's a good matchup. I think we talked about the uh, Steelers offense not very good. I think Ken Pickett's not very good. Najee Harris is eh. Not what he's supposed to be. I think they have injuries. Like Deontay Johnson's a big loss for them. The one thing that they have to make sure is that George Pickens doesn't go crazy. So if they can contain George Pickens, they should be okay defensively. Ideally, they're more aggressive. They, you know, they they dabble with some blitzes and get some pressure on them. But uh, Patrick Graham, you never know. And offensively, I mean, they should be able to run the ball, like you mentioned. So uh, home opener, fans should be fired up. I think it's uh, it should be a comfortable win. I'm gonna say a thirty to twenty Raiders. Ooh, 10 point win. Um, uh, I think, you know, double digit win. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the Raiders and Steelers always have weird close games. And um, I think this is going to be one of them, um, uh, especially on, on Sunday night, too. I, I think Jacoby Myers coming back is going to be a big factor. I think he burns Patrick Peterson for a touchdown in, in this game. So um, I, I, off the Raiders winning 27 24. No, Jimmy, I'll let you go next and then decide instead. Ah, uh, because you guys want to do the opposite. You want the other guy to pick the Raiders and the other guy picks the Steelers. I know what you guys are doing. Well, who's next? Let's go. I got the Raiders. Uh, uh-huh. go, go on board with the with the Raiders. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I think 
I, I said it earlier. I think this is going to be a team that's going to be very unpredictable. You know, there's going to be, which I mean, is going to make our, our record in these picks absolutely awful because they're going to be a team that's just, it's really hard to, to know what we're going to get. But um, I think, uh, you know, it might be as simple as every week they, they kind of flip the switch uh, between looking good, looking bad. Um, and I, I've, I've watched the Steelers, watched the Steelers in the opener against the Niners. They looked horrible. Um, you know, saw, saw them on Monday night. I just, I, I think the Raiders are a better team than them. So I'll go. 30 to 24 Raiders. All right, man. Deshaun, so I'll set up for you. Yeah. Yeah. You guys got some high scores over here. Uh, I think it's going to be lower scoring. You know, I, I think the the Steelers' de- pass defense, while the rush defense is bad, their the pass defense has been pretty good, and the Steelers' offense sucks. So I think it's going to be more of a low-scoring game, but I, I think the the Raiders ultimately pull out pull out the home opener win. I got them, got them 20, to, 20 to 17 over the Steelers to improve to 2-1. and one. I don't feel great about it. But, oh crap! We all picked him to pick win. It. I'm changing my pick. We all picked him to lose last week, uh, and they uh, everyone thought that right. they were gonna. You're changing no, no, your pick no, from no, a ten no, point no, win. No, 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 no. From a ten point win, how are you gonna <laughs> change a pick for that? That's a huge swing <laughs> there, buddy. That's a, the peer pressure, man. You can't all pick the. That's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll all pick him. We'll see how it works out. We'll, we'll all pick the Raiders to win. Good luck, fans. <laughs> hey, we 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 were accurate last week, so uh, trust in us and uh, trust in us. You know, Ted and I have a chance to get to three and zero. Oh. Those are my two new models. Trust in us, and I'm not always wrong. I like that. Those are good. Ten <laughs> percent of the time, I'm right. Hey man, we're due for a big week of big picks. Woo, gonna be a big one. Guys, just big recommendations. Any, uh, all of Vic's best bets. Put the money on the opposite. Like, I mean, if if you if you had done that the last two weeks, like you would be rolling right now. You have a new house, but uh, <laughs> but it's early, man. I'm like I'm like Tyree Wilson, man. I've got a slow start. I'm getting my my timings off a little bit, a little out of shape. So, I'm like me and Tyree are gonna bounce back, man. Let's watch. All right, big bounce back on Sunday for Vic, and uh, big bounce back for the Ravens on Sunday night. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens on Sunday night, and we'll talk to you guys again next week. Later, Rachel. Adios. Blame it on my ADD, baby. Do 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 do